Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust, a first Geek 411 podcast series. I'm Deanna, and I'm here with my friends Carrie and Corey. How are you guys today? Pretty good. Eh. 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 No, eh. It's kind of been a busy week, I feel it's like. It's been a day. So, before we get started, if you'd like to contact us about anything on this podcast, you can email us at first1stgeek411 at gmail.com. You can go to our Facebook, um, Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust Dash Podcast. You can message us, um, comment on any of the, our posts. Um, that's a good way to contact us. You can also go to our Twitter, which is at FTPD underscore podcast. You can also go to our personal Twitters at Sparkle underscore Fist for Carrie, at Spilled X Water for Corey, and at Deanna790 for me. And make sure to rate us on wherever you're listening to us. Um, Please, no one's rated us yet. Yeah, we want some ratings, guys. We know we you're there. We need affirmation. <laughs> we know some of you are out there. We have numbers. We don't know who you are, but we have numbers. Please it's the same us. person getting on 700-something different computers. Oh, don't be that person. I'm already <laughs> that person. Aww. All right. Um, today, we're going to talk about our feature film, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and then rank our favorite Disney Ocean-themed movies. We're also going to go through some um, PSAs about how to help the oceans and um, also do some This Week in Disney History. Um so, first off, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I will read a quick review so people kind of understand what this movie is about. It came out in, what was it, 50s or 60s? 60s. Why didn't I put that down? Uh, no, it's 54. It's 1954. It 54. Okay, I was like, Curse wasn't me. it the year after Peter Pan came out, which is one of my, like, years that I, like, judge things by, which is weird. Um, anyway, so the description is, in 1866, Professor Pierre M. Aronnax, played by Paul Lucas, it, and his assistant, Conciel, right? Conciel? Conciel, I believe. <laughs> played by Peter Lorre, um, are uh, stranded in San Francisco by reports of a giant sea monster attacking ships in the Pacific Ocean. They're invited to join an expedition to search for the creature. And during the search, they are they and a harpooner, Ned Land, played by Kirk Douglas, are thrown overboard during an attack, eventually discovering that the supposed monster is actually a submarine piloted by the brilliant but haunted Captain Nemo, played by James Mason. Wait. So, what? What? <laughs> I mean... It just kind of sounds funny when you say haunted captain. Oh. <laughs> haunted by his personal demons. Not yes, not <laughs> generically haunted. Yeah, that would be really funny though. So yeah, my first impressions were, I'm not sure how I feel about this movie. <laughs> I will like, say, as a kid, I read the book, and I yeah. I really liked the book as a kid. I don't mm -hmm. think I got it as a kid, but I remember really liking it. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was trying to maybe draw, like, a deeper meaning out of it, and I'm not sure if I found one. Oh, they were trying to pitch a deeper meaning, obviously. There were some very, very um, strong ideas they were trying to get across. Um, everything from um, 
the sustainable resources from the food they were eating to the anti-war sentiment. Um, so, I mean, yeah. there were a lot of ideas. I don't know if they all came across that well in the yeah. movie, at least. Yeah, I think they were all kind of... Um, yeah, like they were trying to get to a deeper meaning of something, but never actually got there. Um, I will say, though, that this movie, I think for special effects is like regarded one of the like classics as far as like bringing in some new special effects during that time. Like I'm impressed by that Kraken and how, and like, I was like, how did they do this back then? That I'm giant just, like, squid was pretty cool. I'm just trying to figure out like, how did they do this as a practical effect? Um, it, it was some of the first things that Disney did. It was the first Disney movie filmed in Cinemascope. Okay. And it was nominated for like three Oscars for film editing and effects and things like that. So it was yeah. regarded as really good uh, effects. And like all the underwater filming was really cool. I was like, like how they made the movie was very impressive to me. Yeah. The story was kind of, I don't quite know what's going on, but like the visuals and everything. I'm like, how did they do this back in 54? Like, there were wow. some definite story elements that could be cut down because this movie is a whopping two hours when it really didn't yeah. need to be. Like, well, I thought yeah. it was longer than that. It's, it was two it's hours like and two hours minutes. and seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does, definitely felt longer because I feel like the scenes are all like kind of drawn out. Mm -hmm. Like where I think nowadays we're kind of used to very fast paced scenes. And I think back then, like the scenes that took a lot longer. Um, so it made it feel even longer. Um, and even this, even like the movies that are longer um, in our films are things with a lot of action sequences and story yeah. shoved into it and things like that. Um, like superhero we have a films thing where they're trying to pacing. shove everything in. Mm -hmm. yeah. true yeah we have things where it's like we're trying to get squeeze a lot into that and this is kind of like this could have been like an hour and a half I think. Th there were a lot of quiet moments i don't mm -hmm. mind that i think no, the quiet moments were nice and they added to the idea that they had that this group had found like a different more peaceful way of life and i liked that i think the the pace of the scenes themselves were nice mm -hmm. but i think there were some unnecessary scenes. Um, and I think, for example, the part of the expedition looking for the monster was probably a little too long. All yeah. they had to do was get Professor Aranax meeting Captain Nemo. That's really all they needed to do. And yeah. it, it took a while. Mm -hmm. Okay. More peaceful way of life. I disagree because they're going around attacking ships just because. It was yeah. not just cause. Well, no, no, it wasn't just cause. Okay, it was it, the, from that specific country. Yes, the one that was using slave labor and promoting war. Yeah, but he's killing innocent people, right? Yeah, for his own personal agenda. And also peaceful. They're eating endangered sea turtles, Corey. That that killed me. I was like, I was no! like, those are endangered turtles. When they're like carrying the turtles towards me, I was like, no, yeah, leave them to, there. Were they endangered in the fifties, though? Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm I'm not sure, and it may not have been as, um, you know, widely known if they were. The yeah. idea that was presented, though, even though they talked about, you know, some of the creatures, and we would be a little horrified nowadays, they talked about how everything they were eating had been produced by them and was being, like, farmed by them. Yeah, and, and I think that's great. Also, how idea. do you milk a sperm whale? Well, they're... they're I mean, they're mammals. Mammals, yeah. I mean, like logistics wise how do you do you pull up alongside it like 
how how does I mean, one do? This? I guess if you're in a, a uh, if you're in a submarine and you've got suits, some scuba suits, why not? Like get Just some kinda... suction cups, like stick yourself so you can <laughs> hold like, on. Go, I don't know, like a cow. <laughs> but I think with everything that Captain Nemo has invented, learning how to milk a sperm whale would not be the hardest. Thing. That's true. That's the, true. The biggest <laughs> undertaking was finding those uh, sperm whale barns. You know, yeah. those those were a, a pain to construct. Aren't sperm yeah. whales supposed to be really mean, though? No. No? They're, are they endangered now, too? Only from know. Captain Ahab. Right. <laughs> um, I thought sperm they, whales were mean. And they live in, like, super deep parts of the ocean, correct? Like, because they can dive really well, deep? They They do. They can dive really deep. And, you know, their food is found diving really deep. Corey, is there a type of whale that's mean? I don't think so. I mean, killer whales, obviously. They're not whales. They're dolphins. They're, they're whales. Dolphins. <laughs> Aren't they supposed to be dolphins? Yes. Ha! <laughs> Beaten by your own confession. No, this doesn't prove anything. <laughs> so I those say it proved it hasn't beaten. No. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, Corey did major in marine biology in school, so she has she has she has some knowledge with marine things. So yeah, that's not why we kind of ask. Me. That's yeah. why we kind of ask her these things because we know she knows quite a bit more than just the average person about it's a marine shame life. That, it's a shame that marine biology degree didn't help her. What I just I'm just kidding. She's gonna oh kill me. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. Oh goodness. Anyway, we're talking about twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Right. What other things like kind of stood out to you um, about this movie because we were horrified by the carrying of the sea turtles and or we, but we were like surprised by like how well all the special effects were like what are some other things you noticed that were interesting uh, Daisy the sea lion was Daisy the, the, that's her real name that's that's the sea lion's name I thought it was Esmeralda the actress the, the, I thought it was Daisy in real IRL maybe I thought it's it Daisy Keita give me that crocodile <laughs> Okay. Puppy's got a toy. crocodile. It might have been Esmeralda. I don't know why I was thinking Daisy. Es- Esmeralda is the oh. name in the movie. Oh, in the movie. But I yeah. think the the real one is named Daisy or something. I could be wrong. I'm tired. I could be wrong. But the I that could be right. That sea lion was adorable. They said I was reading IMDb uh, trivia. They said that the actors used to hide fish in their pockets when they had to do scenes with her, so they could feed her afterwards. Aww. And uh, the director thought it was really funny whenever uh, J- James Mason did it because he's like so dignified and like apparently a person he would like reach in his pocket and pull out a fish and feed it to the sea lion. <laughs> it was cute, but I loved it. It's like sea lions. I think maybe one of you said that are kind of like the dogs of the sea. Sea puppies. They're sea puppies. And I'm like, this is literally what they've taken that concept and mm-hmm. made it real. It's just like. What what else would you have as a dog on a submarine? Right? A sea lion. I mean, don't they call them? Don't they call baby sea lions pups? Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so I thought the, that was fun. The other thing, which I have briefly mentioned to you, <laughs> is I was weirdly attracted to James Mason. <laughs> we kind of all off um, recording agreed that James Mason is attractive. Yeah. <laughs> in this I movie. I was afraid to speak up. Because sometimes I think whenever I voice that there are older gentlemen actors who are attractive, people are going to judge me. Uh, wait, wait. Example- when did we say we wouldn't? <laughs> when you all agreed. I what, will say he what has proof kind of- do you have? 
<laughs> oh goodness. Um, I I will say he kind of does have a like the guy in the Dosekis commercials kind of vibe. Like he like um he has he's this the most quiet... interesting man in the world kind of thing. <laughs> he like, had this like, quiet confidence, you know? It's kind of Yeah. And I mean any guy who's like trying to find uh, renewable resources and things like that like that's always nice i was like Corey said there's something about a man with sustainable resources and that's what Corey. that was entirely Corey's joke i was afraid she wouldn't want to say it on air uh but i was i thought that that killed me that was funny yeah but i don't know i i did think that captain nemo's like motive for attacking the ships was like a bit over the top like it made sense but it, because it came along so late in the story i was like this is why he's doing this like really like i felt like we didn't have an it was just kind of explained like this is like he's upset at these people for this but we didn't have like the connection to why he's upset really it was just kind yeah. of like these people but that's honestly how the book goes if i recall mm. um where captain nemo is just this mysterious figure that you're not really quite certain about um for a long yeah. time i think it might have been good if kind of um interwoven throughout the movie starting earlier we'd gotten more of an idea about this other people and some of their practices with the slavery and the pro-war yeah. activity and things like that maybe not connected nemo to it until later but like yeah. us gotten an idea of like this these practices that are bad because it kind of just came out of nowhere it felt like near the end and he's oh, like yeah. my wife and son it was like wait what <laughs> but I, I think that's how it was in the book too like it just comes out of nowhere and you're like it probably was i guess I or even if like they had i don't remember them like showing any photos of like his um relatives i don't know did they oh, have yeah, i don't think so but i mean he does dramatically play the pipe organ yeah so you have to assume someone's hurt him it made me think if like Davy Jones and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was like <laughs> yes. nodding back to that. Yes. The pipe organ play. Someone's played the pipe organ. Who hurt you? <laughs> because it's a hundred percent truth. <laughs> oh, well, there's there's that even happens in SpongeBob. Like he's like upset and he's like playing the pipe organ really dramatically. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That needs to be a meme or something, <laughs> like playing the pipe organ. Who hurt you? I thought I peaked the other day, but apparently it was today. <laughs> um, let me think. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I th I thought this movie was good, but there's definitely things that's like could have been better with the plot, but the all the effects are. But looking impressive. at it as being from 1954, you know, um. Yeah. I can see why it's a classic because yes. of those things. Yes. Like, it it does special effects and all that. It's it like, has that very, you know, like classic Pandora's box type this is why humanity can't have nice things type <laughs> message. Yes. We ruin everything. Um fun facts that I looked up. The director of this film was apparently the son of one of Disney's biggest competitors. And he oh. went to Disney, he's like, You know who my dad is, right? And he said, Yes. I do. And that's, you know, that's okay. And he went to his dad. He's like, are you okay with me working with Disney? He goes, I'm fine with that. And by the way, tell Disney that he's picked a fine director. Like, so Aww. I just thought that was, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And he's like, you know who I am, right? Like, I'm just making sure we're cool. What did um, his dad direct? 
I don't remember. I just know that at the time he was one of Disney's biggest competitors. I can look that up whilst y'all talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Um, there was also one other funny thing that I liked from when I was reading on IMDb, and it was that Peter Lorre said that the role of the giant squid was the role that was usually reserved for him in films, and I thought that that was really funny. Like the self, I love self-deprecating humor. Um, like usually I'm the giant squid or whatever the monster. Well, then Peter Lorre kind of has like that weird voice and kind of awkward face that's a little off-putting. Um, fantastic actor, but Corey knows what I mean. She's seen movies with him in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. definitely, he's, he's a character actor, and he's mm-hmm. kind of got that role he fills in most movies. Kind of, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't so much playing that role this time. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to look up how the um, giant squid was done, because how? <laughs> Back in the day. Like, I'm trying to figure that out because it looks like some of it's, like, mechanical arms that are spinning and some of it's just, like, on wires. Well, there were... Okay, here is a thing that I read earlier that I'll read for you. The climactic squid battle on the Nautilus was originally shot with a serene sunset and a calm sea. Director Richard Flesher was troubled by the look of it because the cams and gears that operated the squid could easily be seen, making it look obviously fake. While Disney visited the set one day and Flesher told him about the problem, Disney came up with the idea of having the squid battle take place during a fierce storm. Uh, the scene was reshot that way and is considered to be a highlight of the film. Hmm. So it had, like, gears and stuff like that that moved it. Yeah, but the storm kind of made it look more realistic because of the it wasn't just, like, lit. What? Yeah. By like- the way, that dramatic pipe organ is at Disneyland and the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> oh, it is. And a duplicate cool. was constructed for Walt Disney's Walt Disney World's Haunted Mansion. Oh, Aww. that's cool. Yeah. So, I also that, think... it's, in, it's in California Disney World. I saw in a video recently about Disney Cruise Line in Castaway Key, like in their little snorkeling area, they have a replica of the Nautilus like in the sand, like buried so you can like snorkel around it. Oh, that's mm. so cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh his dad directed things like the original Superman cartoons, the Betty Boop cartoons, the Popeye oh, cartoons, those yeah. sorts of things. Um, that makes big sense. competitors, even though maybe we don't think of them as big competitors because they have lost the battle. Um, back then they were big. So, As far as like, yeah, cartoons, because, well, you go to Disney and there's like a million things that are basically cartoons. And you yeah. go to like Universal Studios and you see Betty Boop and Popeye. Like they're all yeah. kind of older. Yeah. Or they have like some Marvel stuff prior to like like prior to the Disney Marvel yeah. stuff. But I mean, because you think about, you know, 1930s, 1940s, we talked about how Disney movies, I mean, we talked about this last week, how Disney movies then were flopping pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and their animation department was still kind of uh, new and not certain of just yet. So, yeah. But anyway. um, Yeah, I think that kind of about wraps it up for this movie. I think. It's definitely worth a watch, but just be prepared that it's a bit long. But I'm I'm glad we watched it because I've heard about it for so many years. I'm like, this is a Disney movie I haven't seen, and I know that it's well known. And there used to be a ride at, I think Disneyland. It's now like Nemo's. Something. Yeah, they used and to it, have like the Nautilus there, and I've yeah, got one ride. more thing. Yeah, so it's definitely pretty iconic, um, especially for the fifties. Corey? Corey said she had one more thing. Yeah, but one yep. more thing. Okay. I don't know how to feel about the fact that Ned Land is be- the entire movie treated like 
kind of the jerk and he's um, ruining everything. But he kind of turned out to be right. Mm. He was kind of right to escape because Nemo was going to kill them. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of a loose cannon, but it's like, I guess I did, he, yeah. I did notice that, how uh, Con- Conceal and Ned were treated like, you know, the, ac- the actual bad guys, or they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. okay, no one was mad at Professor Aranax for trying to, you know, discover the secrets that Nemo had. That was fine. And I think they weren't even mad at him about it. But, uh, like, you know, um, land and, and conceal. But, like, Ned was right. <laughs> he he was trying to run away, and Nemo got mad at him and, you know, locked him up for trying to escape and everything. But he did try to kill them later, and Ned was the reason they managed to not die. Right. So... Yeah. It is interesting, because... Um, an interesting like character choice to kind of be the hero because they did kind of make him out to be like a loose cannon. It's like you're the problem, and the professor's the one we should trust. And then completely flipped over towards like, no, listen to the guy who's kind of silly and kind of mm-hmm. makes decisions quickly. Like, to see he, he has the right kind of um, like instincts, I suppose. Sometimes survival. I'm really instincts. glad that they clarified those cigars made out of seaweed because I felt so bad they're feeding them to the sea yeah. line. I was like, oh no. I figured they were fish wrapped in something. I was like... Poor sea puppy. Yeah, I was like, please don't be. (laughs) Don't feed your sea lion's cars. (laughs) But yeah. Um, Yeah, so... I I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was Um, good. It was pretty good. Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on to This Week in Disney History. Once Upon a Time. On February 7th, um, 1940... Disney's animated feature film Pinocchio premiered at the Central Theater in New York City. Ooh. So, Pinocchio. A whale is in that movie as well. Indeed. (laughs) Monstro. Um, Monstro. That was terrifying to me as a child. Wasn't he a sperm whale? Yes. I think so, yeah. Because sperm whales have the teeth. Yeah. Yes, on one side only, though. Like a cow. Yes. Which is why we can milk them. (laughs) Full circle! (laughs) It's amazing. It's just a giant sea cow. But I thought those were manatees. But anyway. Manatees are now the floating sea potatoes. Okay. I'm okay with this. I saw something today. It was save save the floating potatoes. And it was a picture of a manatee. But what about the sea pancakes? Or majestic flap flaps. They can go either way. Uh, That's still still the same thing. Um... But it was like the same company that makes those Save the Chubby Unicorns shirts. Oh, that yeah. That has a picture of a rhino. It was Save the Floating Potatoes. And I was like, yeah. And I think it was pretty <laughs> apt as well. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, that's Tea Turtle, by the way. And they have a game called Unstable Unicorns. That's really fun. And one of the co- unicorns is a rhino. <laughs> I love it. Um, anyway, and then the next bit of Once Upon a Time is February 8th. 1965, Julie Andrews, the queen, <laughs> receives a Golden Globe Award for Best Motion Picture Actress for Mary Poppins. Oh, good for her. Yeah. Side note, she also won the Oscar for that, too. Yep. She, she to me, she's the queen just because of, like, Princess Diaries and just because she's Julie Andrews. Like, she's Sound of Music, Mary Poppins. She's she's the queen of whatever she was to be queen of, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, and then let's move on to 
who's its and what's its galore. We're going to do a bit of a PSA because we're doing an ocean-themed episode. Um, Corey, could you lend some information on why uh, one-use plastics are a problem for the oceans? Okay, so plastics in general have been a huge problem for the environment and especially single-use because people just threw them away. And there are many, many tons of plastic pollution that end up in the ocean. It's it's getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, there, oh yeah. So <laughs> it, it causes multiple problems. Um, one of the big problems, of course, is that uh, the sea life don't recognize that plastic is not something they should eat, and um, they do. So it ends up damaging uh, seabirds, fish, things like uh, turtles. I think everyone's probably seen the sad ads about um, uh, pieces of plastic being removed from sea life. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it you know takes up a lot of space and just kind of causes general pollution by being there and by not breaking down as effectively as more natural materials. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And single-use plastics are things like plastic forks, straws, things that you water open, bottles, water bottles. You use once and you throw them away. Wrappers, um, lots of wrappers. Yeah, plastic bags, things like that. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, research been done on this recently, mm-hmm. um, and studies are showing that more than half of the world's sea turtles have eaten some amount of plastic that can be detected. That's so sad. Aww. Speaking of single-use plastics, I saw something really cool the other day. Apparently, some company has started making biodegradable forks and straws and spoons and knives out of avocado pits. I saw that, too. I was like, what? That's cool! And they, like, break down really quickly. I was like, that's awesome. I buy little, little, like, wooden ones. Yeah. They're like Um, popsicle sticks. The thing is, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. Like, just don't use straws. Like, just don't use them. You don't need them. No. Like you don't, and like you really if you, don't. If you saw the horrifying video of the people pulling the straw out of the sea turtle's nostril, yeah, that's probably the one most people would be familiar with. Yeah, that went viral, I think. And then like sea turtles getting caught in the little plastic rings that you put on soda cans and things like that, and they'll they eat can't plastic grow. bags. They eat plastic bags with jellyfish, mm-hmm. and just there are all kinds of wonderful things that you can do to try to fix that problem. You know paper bags canvas bags if you want to take them to the store reusables reusables even if you like still have plastic bags at home you can take them and recycle them at the grocery store like if you still have them there but using canvas bags is not that big a deal um Mm -hmm. and the easiest one that should be achievable for anyone if you go to the beach or out on the water or something don't throw your garbage in it yeah. What's just wrong don't... with you? Why would you think to do that? Find a recycling bin or like take it like home with you and find a place to recycle it or like just I, don't uh, leave it on the beach. I live on an island. A few years ago, I saw a pelican that had partially consumed an umbrella oh, which had goodness. popped open and <gasps> uh yeah. <Ooh>. So, Yikes. yeah. Don't leave stuff where it can harm other creatures. That's please. so sad. Like, yeah. Like, they're not doing anything. They're innocent animals, and they just can't tell the difference between food and 
non-food and it's up to you know it's up to us to do what we can to protect these animals or else we won't have any anymore people like you won't have anything to see when you go snorkeling okay this is why humanity can't have nice things this is why we can't have nice things it all ties in you know yeah but to tie this back into disney stuff disney is making efforts to reduce like single-use plastic waste and do all that they can especially at their theme parks because they go through a lot of waste there um they are they're not really sell doing straws anymore at their parks they if if you want you can ask for a straw and it will be a paper straw good um i think they're they're attempting to do away with plastic bags they're gonna try to sell those um reusable bags so if you go to the parks or nowhere bring a backpack or like a tote bag or have them ship it to your room and just put it in your bag here's my thing with reusable bags the reusable bags honestly should be canvas like because a lot of these reusable bags that you see at grocery stores and places are still made of plastic well some of them are made of recycled plastic so okay that's okay too um but yeah making sure it's a sustainable thing or making sure that it's something that's recycled or things like that Mm -hmm. would be better than just here's another just another hardier plastic bag um so yeah and it looks like they're they're trying to get rid of polystyrene cups Mm -hmm. um i know a lot of them are trying to sell like those cups that you can buy that you can use over and over um so i think that'll probably be the hardest thing is like cups um Um, but paper cups could help with that. Um, then, so they're doing the bag thing and then they're also trying to move, um, like in their hotel rooms, you know, like in most hotels, they have the little take home, like things that everyone takes home of Mm -hmm. the shampoo, like the little bottles Mm -hmm. of shampoo and stuff. They're trying to move to the like wall mounted refillable stuff more, which Uh, they had, they have those on like in a lot of hotels now actually and even some other like um showers and stuff at like gyms they'll have that too carrie and i went to a theme park where they uh where they had that yeah so they're moving more to those things so it's like they're just trying to find different ways to reduce that so if you go to the parks help them try to recycle any like plastics that they give you and be responsible please support them in these efforts don't like badmouth them for taking these things away because they're trying to do good work so the disney company is definitely trying to help with conservation they've they've been been about conservation for a while yeah that's really good and i know that there's other there's other places that out there doing that and i know Corey and i like two years two years or so ago started doing things to uh do better like uh shampoo bars or things wrapped in paper um you know well, girl doesn't love going to Lush. Guess what? They're almost entirely eco-friendly. Uh, mm-hmm. Recycling everything or putting it in paper or not putting it in any wrapper at all. Biodegradable um, packing peanuts. Mm-hmm. Biodegradable packing peanuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we switched to uh, the, uh, what is it called? The razors that we have. The uh, Oh, wait, safety razors. The safety razors where you can take just the blade off and you can recycle the metal and stuff like that. Like. A bu- there's a bunch of little things that you can do that just dramatically cut down how much plastic because we don't think about it, but all of our shampoo products and all of the yeah. all of the bathroom stuff that we use. And a lot of it's just straight up for convenience. So it's so wasteful. It's like you don't need a straw. You can use those reusable bags. And frankly, mm-hmm. you can do 
Like, especially if you live in an apartment, those um, tote bags are so much better because <laughs> you can fit more stuff in them yep. Yep. and yep. take less trips to and from your car because of less bags. And, and when you carry all 10 bags on your arms, it doesn't cut into your skin as much as the plastic ones. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's like, just think about like, what do you like what waste are you creating simply just for convenience and try to eliminate that and like i try to take a water bottle with me everywhere there's filling stations everywhere mm-hmm. you don't need to buy water bottles that's just for convenience and if you do end up with one because of an emergency recycle or something it. recycle it Corey and it's I, easy um, people it's not Corey hard. And i have reusable glass starbucks cups that we take to starbucks when yeah. we go and things like that starbucks um, is also one of those companies that's trying to help yeah, they're trying to make their even their cold drink lids now uh, where they don't need straws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they still are made of plastic, but that would reduce the amount of plastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. greatly. Yeah. Um, just little things. It's so simple. And, I yeah. mean, back in the day, people used to have to recycle things. And now, because of developments with plastic and things like that, it's, it's more convenient. But this is doable. People used to live mm-hmm. this way, and it really w- isn't that big a deal for me to use a, a safety razor as opposed to the cartridges they're so easy to change in and out and stuff like that like it's it's yeah. not that hard yeah so. if disney can do it with their giant theme parks where they see millions of people mm-hmm. you guys can't do yeah so but yeah we just wanted to put that in there because it's about oceans and we want to clean up the oceans and the earth in general as much as we can because there's way too many people making messes here mm-hmm. we're supposed to be good stewards so let's do that yeah that good is stewards biblical. of the earth yes good stewards of the earth yes He's like, God said so, so we better listen. Um, anyway, so let's move on to the Newsies banner. And I can't speak too much of this because I missed a lot of the commercials for the Super Bowl, but we got an Endgame and Captain Marvel spot. I saw them. Yeah. Um, they focused a little more on the other people um, other than Tony in the in the Super Bowl one. There's like this iconic thing that some people let things go, but we don't kind of thing. Um, or some people move on, but we don't is what it is. And it's kind of like, yeah, um, mm-hmm. which was it was good. But I was pretty jazzed for the Captain Marvel one, of course, because yes. it kind of took on a different Shocked. tone than the previous ones have been. I think showing a little bit more of her humor and personality. So, I was like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we're all getting hyped for those movies coming the next few months oh yeah we They're have our also- tickets already oh yeah oh yeah and my wig is coming in this week so yeah noontime shadows toy- cosplay <laughs> check it out yeah check it out um there was also a toy story 4 commercial during the super bowl did we get any more information <laughs> there's going to be a scene at a carnival apparently where buzz is one of the prizes on a game and we found out that Bo is back yeah, yeah, we did. Buddy. And she has a completely different redesign, which some She's people were like, wasn't she made of porcelain? How does she get a redesign? And to that I say, it's a movie. Let it go. <laughs> um, but yeah, she has got like this kind of like adventurous kind of cape thing going on with pantaloons. And I'm like, yeah. yay. Because whenever they revealed in Toy Story 3 that Bo was gone, I just wanted to cry. Cause like, no. She's like, Woody's <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> I liked uh, her. Yeah, so. yeah. But anyway, um, before we move on, I also wanted to mention um, the reason I picked ocean theme stuff because I went on a cruise recently. Unfortunately, it wasn't a Disney cruise. Sad mm-hmm. day. But it was my first one, so I didn't want to risk paying for a Disney cruise and getting seasick. I did not get mm-hmm. seasick. Woo! Good. Woo! But 
They did have a Disney Tunes trivia game. Oh, and how many people did you destroy? <laughs> you won? Why did you tell me this? So, and it was like, I felt like the biggest know-it-all in the room. Because not, it was Disney Tunes where they played like a few seconds of a song. Mm-hmm. You had to name the name of the song and the movie. Easy. Mm-hmm. But they had two extra bonus points if you could name the year the movie that came out. <laughs> and somebody got a good number of the, at least yeah, half buddy. of them. I yeah, could buddy. get the, like, I got Mulan right, Peter Pan, Snow White, um, Lion King, Aladdin, oh, Beauty and the Beast, so Little Mermaid. And all these people in the room were just like, how do you know this? Did you ever, did you, like, do you work for Disney? I was like, I used to, but it was a while ago. Tell them that you own a, that you run a Disney podcast. And, and my mom was go, with me. Uh... My mom was like, she's on a Disney podcast. <laughs> Like, so I represented the podcast at this trivia game, but I feel like the biggest know-it-all, because everyone's looking at this, like, there it was a bunch of, like, middle-aged people. They're just going, how do you know this? But see, that's what it is. If you were up, a bunch of, up against a bunch of other 90s kids, you might not yeah. have, they might have known, because my friend uh, at work. He knows the years almost better than me, and he doesn't run a Disney podcast. Yeah. And, well, there are some that were, like, from the 60s and 50s and 30s mm-hmm. and stuff. So, in 40s, like, I got Pinocchio while I was one year off. I was like, so, like, I can kind of get the decades, which you mm-hmm. can tell by the animation style, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, the average person, like, they just kind of generally know the songs and stuff, but I was just like... This is child's place. So, How many bonus points uh, can I get for singing it? It's in its entirety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there. We'll have to go play Disney trivia somewhere sometime. We must. Like, if we can, if we're all in the same town and it's happening, we need this to happen. You need so, to clean up. Okay. Yeah. Like, man. <laughs> Almost like if I had my two co-hosts with me, we would have gotten a perfect score. There's a few things that just didn't come to me for whatever reason, but. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's get down to business and rank these ocean ocean movies. Films. <laughs> I thought there would be more ocean themed films. Yeah, there not. there's not a lot, so this might go fairly quickly. Um, so what I realized I- during making this list is how many Disney live action ocean movies I haven't really seen. Yeah, there's. Yeah, because there's like a Treasure Island um, from the 50s, I think. Um, there's a but... Swiss Family Robinson, too. But oh, I've seen that. Ocean I've seen that. It's islandy. That I think that would count. I would count. I haven't seen that enough to really put it on a list. It's not like the book, like, at all. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess host goes first. Previous mm-hmm. host goes last. Um, so, my number four. I felt like it would be wrong not to put this on my list. Is Lilo and Stitch? Yeah, because they're on. They do a lot of surfing. They're on the island. There's Pudge the fish. <laughs> he controls the weather. And Pudge, yeah, he does. <laughs> um, I figured like you have to put this on there. It's such a great story. We've gushed about Lilo and Stitch so many times. Lilo and Stitch is number four on my list. My next one. My number three is going to be Moana because obviously she has a connection with the ocean. Her name um, means ocean. Her <laughs> name means ocean. <laughs> We're on the ocean most of the time. 
makes sense to me. And I love Moana. I love the story and the music and the imagery. Like, that water looked so real when I saw this movie the first time. I was like, how? How do these animators do this? How do? (laughs) How do? (laughs) And my favorite scene is when she's a little baby and she's helping the baby sea turtles in the ocean. I'm just like, oh. Fun fact, connection to Lilo and Stitch. That scene was based on a drawing of Stitch carrying a little leaf over a duckling. I think I've or, seen or that. Or might have yeah. been a turtle. So I, that yeah, was based I think on I know Lilo what you're and Stitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I love that scene. It's so cute. And I love baby sea turtles. It's on my bucket list to go to, I think they call them turtle boils, where the mm-hmm. where they come out of the sand and go to the ocean. They have those in Galveston, don't they? Uh, well, it hasn't been a thing as much here. Um, they occasionally have... Them, turtles lay eggs here but they try not to d- encourage it as much they do i know they've had a lot further south yeah yeah, yeah. i know like south padre has like a turtle rescue exactly. center and yeah i've been to that rescue that. same yeah yeah we, we went there on a family vacation and i was we we missed the turtles hatching by like a day or two we got home and they called us like they're hatching I was like, no i missed it <sighs> but anyway yeah it's my dream i want to see that Anyway, my number two is going to be Pirates of the Caribbean, most specifically Curse of the Black Pearl, because I think it's a classic. And I love this movie. I quote it, and it never gets old for me. And also, fun fact, my family um, went on a trip to Destin when this came out, and we actually went to go see it um, while we were in Destin, Florida. So that was kind of fun. It's like, we're by the ocean, and we got to see pirates. We're near the Caribbean. We're technically in the Gulf, but we're kind of close to the Caribbean. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and then my number one, to no one's surprise, is going to be <laughs> The Little Mermaid. <laughs> started the Disney Renaissance. We've talked about it before. She's my favorite princess. It's gorgeous. I love The Little Mermaid. And it's in the ocean. She's she's an heir to the throne of, of Atlantia. Atlantica. Ooh, is I was she, about to though? catch you there. She, How well, is she, she the heir be. to the throne? She's she said, the youngest. She said, said Anne. Anne. She said Anne. Anne. She's she one of them. Me. I was like, mm. one of seven. <laughs> she is in the line of succession. Yes. <laughs> Not anymore. She's human. <laughs> yeah. Now right. she's, yeah. So, but those are my ocean themed movies. Not too surprising, but yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Good stuff. All right. Um, yeah, my first one mm-hmm. is Atlantis, the Lost Empire, because no, it's not entirely, you know, ocean, but there's a lot of ocean. There's the whole submarine. They go underneath scene. it. It's underneath the ocean, and then there's all the imagery with water and the fish and all of this. And the you know, Atlantis is very much an ocean-like kind of feel to it. Um, and then, so I just, I put it as number four because it's not a super oceany film, yeah. but it counts. It counts. Um, my number three was The Little Mermaid Aww. because of course it's in the ocean, like under the sea. Under the sea. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, great movie. I do have some points of contention with it. It's not my favorite. uh, it's a good film it's pretty solid again there's just some things about it that I'm like "Er." but um on the whole it's pretty good 
it's pretty good on the whole. So that's why it's my number three. At number two is Lilo and Stitch. Because how Aww. could it not be? Yeah. Um, I love this film. We've talked about it a lot. The great sister bonding. The great hilarious characters. Um, but it does have great, like, the Hawaiian themes to it. And the water scenes. Hawaiian roller coaster ride is just a super cool scene. Yeah. And the scene where she's swimming out to feed Pudge, like, at the beginning... Um, all of that is just really well done and it has like just like a great Hawaiian vibe throughout the whole thing. And I, I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. Uh for that because you talked about the animation in Moana, the three D animation. This two D animation of that water was so impressive and so cool. Um yeah. it was really neat. So Lilo and Stitch. And then my number one is Moana. Moana. Um, Moana is the ultimate ocean film so how could it not be my number one you know you Mm -hmm. have such a wonderful strong character in both her and in Maui wonderful characters wonderful play off of each other really nice plot really just spectacular animation and I just I love it it's such a good movie Um, there was one other thing I was going to say but I can't remember uh Oh, right, yes. The the Maori culture that is put into this film. Mm-hmm. It's Oceania, like. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, because they, they aren't just doing Maori, they're doing a whole bunch of other ones, but it's, it's perfect. Um, uh, compl- com- just putting all those, Micronesia, Melanesia, Polynesia, all of those together. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, I love showing that culture. I love that one of the things that Disney does is, trying to show different cultures from around the world in their Disney films. And so that's, I think it's probably my favorite part of Moana mm-hmm. is those cultural aspects that they threw in. And I mean, I like geography, so yeah. yeah. Is Epcot your favorite park? It was not, <laughs> um, but I loved it. Uh, I would really like to go back again, but I, I just, I don't know if I can pick any of the parks to be my favorite. Uh, Cause there's just, my favorite ride is at Hollywood Studios, even though maybe that wasn't my favorite park. My favorite ride was there. Yeah. Um, so all of they're them also is, different. They're also different. You can't you can't pick one over the other, yeah. because also equally, Animal Kingdom showed a lot of culture too. Yeah, I was having this. Had, sorry to butt in, but I had this conversation with my mom about like Epcot has like all these different countries, but then it's like Animal Kingdom picks up the one that Epcot some of the ones that Epcot doesn't have. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. My number one is Moana. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you're up, Corey. Okay. So my list, one of the things I considered was it had to matter that the ocean was involved. It couldn't just be like, yeah, it took place on the beach. That's it. All of mine counted in that way. <laughs> I'm just saying that's one of the things I considered and I factored that into my choices and my order. No, no, that's totally good. I just, I wasn't yelling at you. I was just kind of like, did mine do that? Yes, they did! (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So, um, here we go. (laughs) Number four. Moana. I also thoroughly enjoyed Moana. Of course, the ocean played a huge role in Moana as a movie because they talk about it as, you know, both the danger and the longing she has. She wants to be out there and the ocean itself chose her. That plays a huge role in the movie Moana. 
It's also mm-hmm. literally a character in Moana. It's a being, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, we see it choosing her. You know, she interacts with the ocean specifically, and mm-hmm. it helps them along. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you covered a lot of it. It's a good movie. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it thoroughly. I struggled with the order for the rest of them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't judge me. I had a hard time. Okay. Number three, The Little Mermaid. I I love The Little Mermaid. The ocean does play a huge role because, you know, you have that whole, he's a human, you're a mermaid. It is the thing that is separating <laughs> the, uh, the two um, lead characters. And, you know, it's what Ariel's trying to reject. So, um, yeah. Also, I mean, I don't need to explain why The Little Mermaid's a good movie. It is. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> Number two. I am waffling on my order even now. <laughs> oh, just do it. Do it. Go through good. Pirates of the Caribbean. Woo! <laughs> Number two is Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, of course, the ocean plays a huge role. It's a pirate movie. Um, it's, you know, all about ocean travel, the freedom of the ocean, the mystery and curses that can be um, found on the ocean and under the ocean. So it's you know, the ocean plays a large role in the movie, and it's just a really good movie. Um, once again, as Deanna said earlier, this is specifically Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> That's the best one. My not- problem is my favorite characters are in the other two. <laughs> That's, well, that's my... just too bad. <laughs> Not my favorite character. Oh, yeah. No, he's in four. No, I, I meant... Oh, you meant Commodore Norrington. No. Who's your favorite character? You don't know? I thought Commodore Norrington was your favorite no. or the minister. Is it David My favorite Jones? character is Barbosa. Oh, right. That's right. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I, I did. start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. <laughs> I will say that it, that was the biggest bummer of number two was no Barbosa. Mm. You know, and to justify myself, I'm not saying he's a g- good person necessarily, but he's a really good character. Fantastic character. Um, so anyway, my favorite character is strongly represented in the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, so that leads me to our number one. And I, hearing the other lists, I don't think anyone will be that surprised. It is Lilo and Stitch. Woo! <laughs> the ocean plays a huge role in the plot. For one thing, it is the reason Stitch can't escape. The reason mm-hmm. he's confined on the island where he can be found. Uh, and um, it's also kind of a bonding experience between um, Stitch and his humans. You know, he... Um, can't escape he can't swim he begins to drown and he's confined here it makes him bond with his people so i love the part where she's like isn't it nice to live on an island with no major cities or surrounded by water and he's like and it's like falls over <laughs> I love that. you know there's a, a lot of beautiful animation of the ocean you know the hawaiian roller coaster ride song but um the movie is just beautiful and some of the places where it's simple. I oh, yeah. I get chills when uh, Nani is seeing Aloha Oi. I was just thinking Lilo. that. And she's just holding her and they have the flower. In the oh, hammock. Stop, yeah. you're going to make me cry. Oh, so good. So mm. it's a beautiful movie. I think people appreciate it. It did all right in theaters and everything. 
But I think when people are thinking of touching movies, this one kind of gets passed over because it contains a lot of silliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this movie. The, the main characters Lilo and very Stitch silly. are so complex. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay. So we got to figure this out. So <laughs> We're all over the place. What number was Little Mermaid for you, Carrie? Three. Three? What about you, Corey? Three. Three. Okay. Um, Moana was one. three for me, four for Corey, one for you. Then Lilo and Stitch was what number for you, Carrie? Two. 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 I'm going to do some math here. <laughs> so, it's you going to be number? like golf. Where Add the them lo- together the and hope the number. lowest score wins. Yeah. I think it's going to be Lilo and Stitch. So, the lowest number is... Well, we have a tie between Lilo and Stitch and the Little Mermaid. <laughs> All right. Moana... Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. But Moana would be number three. Okay, that's fine. Moana is number three. Um, I personally would put Lilo in Stitch because it was above it for me. And Corey also had it above it. I don't know. Like, I know it was your number one, so I'm not trying to fight you, but yeah. um, Lilo and Stitch had two, like, two that were top two. Mm -hmm. And Little Mermaid only had one that was top two. So I think... Mathematic, so not mathematically, but like if we go by that, I think yeah, Lilo. Lilo is going Stitch. by popular vote. Lilo and Stitch would be number vote. one. Little Mermaid be number two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Then okay. Moana, and then, and then I think it's pirates. Yeah. Yes. I didn't have pirates, so it automatically has to be number four. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I I I feel okay with this list because we were all doing our own personal things, but I didn't think everybody was going to agree on the exact order of them. Yeah. So. I love that we can, like, mathematically narrow it down, though. That doesn't always happen. We always have to, like, decide. Yeah, sometimes it's like, okay, well, we have 12 options. <laughs> they all got numbers. They all got two votes. So, like, okay. Um, but, yeah. So, that leaves our top four ocean-themed Disney movies as number four, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, number three would be Moana. Number two would be The Little Mermaid. And number one would be Lilo and Stitch. I think Ugh. this is a good list. I agree with this list. I do. Yes. And to wrap up, if you'd like to talk to, to us about your favorite ocean-themed movies, Disney movies, you can do that on our Facebook, Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust dash, dash podcast. You can email us at 1stgeek411 at gmail.com. You can also go to our Twitter at FTPD underscore podcast. You can talk to us on our personal Twitters. Carrie is at sparkle underscore fist um cory is at spilledex water and i am at deanna 790 you can also check us out on itunes stitcher google podcasts and spotify all right guys so our feature film next week is going to be lion king 2 simba's pride i don't know why i chose that for valentine's day um but there's a lot of love in it so yay and following that valentine's day theme um, the list we're going to compare next week is going to be our top four Disney couples. Uh, that's, that's not just princesses and their princes. That's anybody. Anybody. Any couples. Anybody canonically. Not your hedge cannon ships or anything like that. Yes. Ones that are actually together canonically. Yes. So. All right. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're doing next week. And... 
Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.